This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Takes it away from here, live from New Hampshire. And we start with breaking news. 24 hours from now, we receive the first results in the New Hampshire primaries. 12 hours from now, the polls open around the state. Live pictures now from Donald Trump's last rally before the primaries. He'll be taking the stage in about two hours. We spoke with Nikki Haley again this afternoon. She told us why she feels the media is way too quick to write her off. Plus her take on the tough task of bringing in independent voters, of which there are plenty. In fact, a plurality of New Hampshireites describe themselves as independents. You're going to see that interview in just a few minutes from St. Anselm College in Manchester, New Hampshire. We welcome you to the Ferris Show on television. And first tonight, the best way perhaps to describe this race, genuine enthusiasm for Nikki Haley, rabid support for Donald Trump. A weekend full of crisscrossing this snowy state gave us a very clear look at the stark difference between Nikki Haley's supporters and Donald Trump's supporters, as well as the difference between the two candidates. What we saw on the trail explains, and we will show you, the state of play right now. The polling average from our partners at Decision Desk HQ shows Trump's lead of Nikki Haley a little bit more than 11 points. That's in line with the average margin of victory in the New Hampshire Republican primaries dating back to before I was born in 1982. Unlike Iowa, the weather for tomorrow favors Nikki Haley. Instead of blizzard conditions and below zero wind chills, temperatures are going to hover in the 30s. The governor here who's supporting Nikki Haley says that is going to help an awful lot. The open primary format in New Hampshire undoubtedly helps Haley because she needs independent voters. People who normally stay home during primaries, even people who voted for Joe Biden to come out. And we met plenty of them over the weekend. Welcome to the VFW Post in Franklin, New Hampshire, population 8,800. And there's enough independent voters and people who are open-minded to show up that the fire marshal shut the event down. You can see people lining up here. Nikki Haley needs to figure out how to translate that interest into actually enthusiasm at the polls. If she's going to win, it requires a massive turnout by people that the pollsters are undercounting. First Haley yard sign? This is the first one? Yeah, first yeah. one you're getting. What convinced you to take one? I don't want Trump to win. That's it? That's the main reason. What has Nikki Haley captured in New Hampshire, you think? A lot of people are looking for an alternative to Trump. But unfortunately, uh, it's sad to see so many people in the state supporting Trump. It makes me feel like I live in Mississippi or something. Welcome to politics in New Hampshire. This is what they call a retail stop. So Nikki Haley will be here uh, in about 15 minutes. She's going to drop into T-Bones in Concord. Some of these are her supporters. Some of her other folks just having lunch. She'll work the crowd. And what's incredible is voters we talk to on primary eve say they haven't made up their mind. They're waiting to talk to the candidate herself before deciding who they're going to vote for. 
typically I know ahead of time who I'm going to vote for, but this time I have no clue. Does it surprise you you're giving a Republican a chance? Um, as an independent, I try to go with the best candidate. But it's not going to be Biden, it's not going to be Trump. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Thank you. Did you get to meet her? I did. Did she convince you? She did. So you're going to vote for her tomorrow? I am voting for her tomorrow. She sat here and answered all my questions. What convinced you? Uh, basically, she's very genuine. You think she has a chance? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It was very nice Jackie voted for Joe Biden in 2020. We'll now go to the polls for Nikki Haley. We mentioned the polling, down by nearly 12 percentage points. Our head of research, Stephen Yahakam, smartly pointed out that the probability of a Haley upset is lower than 8.5%. That is the poker equivalent of pulling an elusive inside straight. But Haley, who we spent some time with earlier and watched certainly on the trail, is more confident of pulling that inside straight than ever. That's the sound of a two-person race. The energy and momentum continues to build. We had 1,200 people at the event last, last night. night. We had 300 people just now at the VFW. It was cram-packed. The energy is good, so we're excited. Since DeSantis has dropped out, it's being framed two-person race, but you have to win New Hampshire to stay alive. Is that fair? It's never been fair. You know, I said I needed to be strong in Iowa. We started at 2%. We ended at 20 I need to be stronger in New Hampshire. I think we'll do that tomorrow. And then I need to be stronger than that in South Carolina. You know, the one thing we have to remember is Donald Trump only won with 1.5% of the vote in Iowa. 56,000 people voted for him out of a state of 3 million. That's not representative of the country. And you've got the political class saying, oh, it's him. It's got to be him. No, this is not a coronation. This is an election. And you go state by state. You're trying to get representation of real, normal people. And that's what we're focused on. We're going to take it one step at a time. And then we're headed to my sweet state of South Carolina. So much has been made about Donald Trump in this election. I think we can agree on that. Give me a policy that you think has been lost of yours. Real policy difference that voters need to know about that they haven't been focused on? That are That is different from him? Or anybody. Well, I mean, first, he says that I want to cut Social Security. That's a lie. He says that I don't want to secure the border. That's a lie. I actually passed the toughest illegal immigration law but in the country. But what do you want to do? What I want to do is what he didn't do, which is make sure we get inflation down, get our economy back on track. He put us $8 trillion in debt in just four years. Everybody thought the economy was good, but look at the credit cards we now have to pay. Our kids are never going to forgive us for that. I'm an accountant. We have got to get the fiscal situation under control. The second thing is he worked on trade with China. He did nothing on the fentanyl flow. He did nothing on them stealing intellectual property. He did nothing on the fact that 90% of our law enforcement drones are Chinese. He did nothing on the fact that all of our medicines and our drugstores are Chinese, that they've got a spy base going into Cuba. We need to get our national security back on track. He did nothing to make sure our kids are reading again. Only 31% of our kids in eighth grade are proficient. Are you talking about Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Well, I mean, look, (laughs) you can't tell the difference in some of them. Then that brings me to the next last question. Nancy Mason, Congressman, I know you know, just endorsed Donald Trump. She said that since Donald Trump has left the White House, it's been, quote, a bleep show. Did she leave out that it was a bleep show while Donald Trump was in office? 
I mean, look, you, Nancy can answer her own questions. What I can tell you is Joe Biden has been terrible in every respect, from continuing that spending that Donald Trump started to the recklessness on the border, which is truly a dereliction of duty, to the fact that he's put his head in the sand on every enemy that's tried to hurt us. And instead of preventing wars, he's the one that's ignited wars around the world. So it's been a mistake. And keep in mind, we don't want a Kamala Harris for president. That's why I'm doing this, because if you look in the general election polls, Biden and Trump are head to head. We will lose and we will have a President Kamala Harris. I defeat Biden in every one of those polls. It was just a poll in New Hampshire yesterday or day before. In a general election, Trump loses New Hampshire by seven points. I win New Hampshire, but I win all the swing states. Do we want to go and say, okay, we'll have Trump for a primary, but we'll have Kamala Harris for a president? No. We want to make sure we never have a Kamala Harris for president. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Take care. Chris Steyerwald with us now, News Nation political editor, just named as the host of The Hill Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, debuting March 3rd. We're going to still be talking about Nikki Haley on March 3rd? Well, uh, the voters of New Hampshire will get to decide that tomorrow. Oh, come on, you give, me, give me something more than that. Well, look, uh, I don't want to be as quick to talking points as Governor Haley was that would be impossible. Uh, in, in your interview. Uh, it, is an ad, it is an admirable, an iron will. <laughs> Uh, to stay on message, which is actually what it takes, right? right. Uh, it's what it takes because you can't mess up. You can't mess up right now as the grains of sand are ticking through the hour or passing through the hourglass. Um, but I will tell you this. The very fact that we are within striking distance of, or Nikki Haley is within striking distance of Donald Trump tells us something about New Hampshire, and it tells us something about the state of the Republican Party. I was struck by that guy who said, uh, talking to you, I, f- I feel like I live in Mississippi, right? Um, and apologies to Mississippi uh, that this guy in New Hampshire feels that way. But what he's saying is, we're different from the rest of the Republican Party. We're not like the Republicans uh, in the Deep South. We're not like the Republicans in my home state of West Virginia. We're not like those Republicans. We're New Hampshire Republicans. We're weird. We're different. Uh, kinds of Republicans. We are Chris Sununu Republicans. Who we see him with the governor here, very popular governor. And as you traveled around the state, you met a lot of people Mm -hmm. who were Joe Biden, Chris Sununu voters, right? You met a lot of people who in 2018 very happily voted for Chris Sununu, and then in 2020 voted for Joe Biden. And those are the very voters that Nikki Haley is going to need to turn out. And that's why she can't ever say, yeah, we're behind or it's over because she needs guys like that who want to send a message to Donald Trump. Uh, she needs them to turn out. You and I were in the hotel on a snowy morning on Saturday morning, and you remarked that you had driven around New Hampshire. And you had never before at a primary felt less enthusiasm, less energy. Yet the Secretary of State uh, suggests that there's going to be 322,000 to turn out in the Republican primary, which would be an overwhelming record number. That is a wild number. That is a... What are they seeing you're not, you think? Well, look, uh, I went back. I was so stunned when you gave me that number. The, 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 the Let sheer... me just say this. This was one of the great moments of my career that I could stun Chris Steyerwald about politics. And I, th- and I, thought, I thought, well, this Secretary of State's just, you know, in New Hampshire, they make a big deal about it. They get very excited about mm-hmm. their turnout. We have a big turnout. They're proud that they turn out more than in other states, da-da-da-da-da. Now, 
I thought, well, this guy's just blowing smoke rings, right? He's just trying, he's trying to, he's trying to talk turnout up. So I went back and looked at his forecast for 2016. And you know what I found? He was good. He was real good in 2016. Mm. Now, he's looking at things like requests for absentee ballots, new registration. He's also just using his experience and his hunch. I will say this. If I'm Nikki Haley and I see voter turnout of anything like that, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm thrilled because you need the new vote. You need the basically Nikki Haley's looking for a rematch of 2016. She wants a 2016 rematch, but instead of the Jeb exclamation point and the Kasich vote and the Rubio vote, that she wants to be all of those votes in one place. And if she can get a turnout bigger even than it was in 2016, then she has a chance for that actually to be mm -hmm. true. One more vote, one more soundbite from a voter. Uh, and this was, and I didn't think this exists. We may have found the unicorn, um, which was a DeSantis voter turned Haley. Yeah. Take a listen. I voted for Donald Trump twice in the general election. And if forced to, I will again, because I have no choice. But I'm hoping Nikki Haley can do well. So many of the people that we interviewed like Trump, they don't like him, they mm -hmm. like his policies, they don't like him, or they were people like Jackie who were Biden voters or independent voters who were rabidly anti-Trump, but not necessarily pro-Nikki. Is being a, the alternative to someone that people highly dislike enough to win? Well, uh, many in many, many of our elections, that's true. If you think about people like the House Republican Freedom Caucus, you think about Ted Cruz's candidacy of 2016, there is a, a wing of the Republican Party that is not only very conservative, and I mean in the traditional sense of conservative, small government uh, and all of that, but in addition to that, they're culturally conservative, they're socially conservative. They're not Donald Trump kind of people. They were Ted Cruz people. They're uh, Freedom Caucus kind of people. And they didn't, they don't want it to be Donald Trump. So they said, okay, I can do DeSantis because he's not part of the establishment. He's not part of the coastal elite. He's not part of whatever. But all of the voters, I guess I'll put it this way. Ron DeSantis already gave back all the voters to Donald Trump that were going to go back to Donald Trump. So now as you get down to that last little nub, and here in New Hampshire, it's a very small nub of DeSantis voters. What is it, 8%, 6%? Of those, if they were going to go back to Trump, they probably already would have gone back mm -hmm. to Trump. So she'll get a couple. She'll get a couple of those guys. All right. Good Good fun tomorrow night. Good luck. All right. Yeah. We'll see all you. Right. We'll see you. Uh, when we come back, Bill O'Reilly nailed literally his Iowa prediction, what he says will happen to Trump in New Hampshire, and maybe why Democrats should thank their lucky stars about it. Now that the race is over, would you consider the race over now that Ron DeSantis has dropped out? No race is ever over. How would he get back in your good graces? We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome to Rochester, New Hampshire. Population 32,000, temperature 20 degrees, and falling rapidly as the sun goes down. 
that doesn't matter in the least to these folks. They've been here for hours. It's a small venue. President Trump will more than fill it. People will be turned away. So they're lined up not only all the way here, but then another couple of blocks down the road just for a chance to get in. How cold are you? My toes, I cannot feel them, but Trump is worth every bit of it. And you've been here for how many hours? Uh, a little bit after two we got here, so a couple hours. A couple of hours already, maybe another hour and a half or two till you get inside. You say he's worth it. Why? You're going to vote for him. Why do you need to be here? Have you not been to anything having to do with Trump? It's a show. No. no? It's not a show. What is it? It's for the rest of our life, what we, what he is going to do for our country. Were you ever this political before? Were you no. ever? No, I didn't have any faith in our system. When I voted before Republican, it was like the lesser of two evils. Until Trump came into office because he actually represents what's good for the nation and he's, the people. He's not a part of the establishment. There is something different about a Trump rally, different than anything in politics. The crowd on its feet singing along as Donald Trump comes out. The energy is different, and it harkens back as you look around here, a small town, a small opera house, to a different time in American politics. Donald Trump is a different kind of candidate. You got a lot of people standing outside. Would you like to let them take your place? They cannot get in. What's different about this than any other rally? I know. The enthusiasm. You ever seen anything like this in New Hampshire? Uh, well, I saw him when he was running before. And this is just crazy. Worth the wait? Worth the cold? Uh, no, yes, it was. <laughs> Rochester, New Hampshire, has correctly predicted with its votes the Republican winner of New Hampshire for the past 70 years. The farther you go north in New Hampshire, the more it is Trump country. You get away from Boston. Former president is set to hold a big rally with Senator Tim Scott just about an hour from now in Laconia. That's about 45 miles north of here. And as we've told you, the polls show Trump is up double digits that's exactly what the polls showed on the eve of the Iowa caucuses. Uh, exactly a couple of hours before the Iowa caucuses, when Donald Trump was up big, I asked Bill O'Reilly for his prediction one week ago tonight about Iowa. Take a listen. I think that Trump will win by a lot um, because the MAGA people dominate the Iowa caucuses. As simple as that. These are very hardcore long-time conservative people. Um, Donald Trump's theme is, if you uh, get me back into the White House, I will avenge uh, the people who are ruining the country. All right, so that was actually a couple weeks ago. So even a farther out prediction of what did happen. Donald Trump won by about 30 points with his prediction for New Hampshire. Bill O'Reilly back with us. I would be remiss not to say you also predicted on January 2nd uh, three weeks before it happened, the fall of Ron DeSantis. What say you for New Hampshire? Well, Trump probably will win by 10, um, although New Hampshire is a much harder polling state because you have a lot of crossover voting from unaligned people who can vote any way they want in the Granite State. But here's what uh, most pundits overlook, and you hit it 
in your interview setting up the segment right now. Many Americans, traditional Americans, not particularly political people, but traditional-minded, are tired of being told that white people are bad, that their tax money needs to go to foreign nationals to support them through life, that laws against violent criminals are not going to be obeyed, not going to be upheld, that the criminal is the one that should be uh, the object of sympathy, not the victim. These are really deep-seated emotional things, Leland. And Trump is on the side of the traditional American. And that's why his support is much stronger than it was four or even eight years ago. Yeah, so many people believe that they've either been left behind or they've been blamed and that the fairness is lost in the American system. And Trump says he's going uh, to fight for them. That said, the polling, I think we can all agree, is undeniable that Nikki Haley has a far better chance of beating Joe Biden than Donald Trump does. Uh, it, it plays out in every poll. We see Marist College, your alma mater, uh, Joe Biden, for example, in New Hampshire, hasn't been uh, Republican in 30 years. Joe Biden wins it by eight point, seven points against Donald Trump. Nikki Haley would turn it red for the first time in 30 years. I, I understand the, the visceral anger that people feel. I get their real affinity for Donald Trump, who's going to avenge that anger and channel that anger. At the same time, though, if he doesn't win the presidency, it doesn't matter. Is that, is, it, does it, am I missing the point myself? I don't know if you're missing the point, but there are just far too many things that are going to happen between now and November to make any kind of accuracy. I don't believe the Marist College poll. They are in business with national public radio. Their poll has been failing for the past six or seven years, if you look back. Uh, It's an outlier poll. Uh, They have a huge gap that Biden beats Trump. No other poll in the universe has that. Nikki Haley could beat Joe Biden. No doubt about it in my mind. She's a much more appealing candidate than Mr. Biden, who is having trouble now, I understand, uh, on a day-to-day basis. He is having physical and mental trouble. And I do not believe he will be the nominee uh, this summer. But Donald Trump's appeal in the traditional states is so dramatic that Nikki Haley has no shot in South Carolina. None. So if she gets waxed tomorrow, what does she do? I can't predict she'll drop out, but she's got no chance at all to overtake him in the Republican primaries. Yeah, Our next uh, segment together, you and I are going to talk about our mutual predictions about Michelle Obama and why this might become interesting. We'll compare calendars on when uh, that name was brought up. I'm thinking, though, about what you said about 10 points of Donald Trump's victory. You, 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 in addition to having sort of an emotional sense of this, you've got one of the best political minds and analyst minds out there. How much does Nikki Haley either have to lose by? What is the, the most she can lose by that you would say, hey, look, we as uh, fo- as journalists, but also to Trump supporters, uh, you got to pay attention to this because she may also be channeling an anger and a feeling, say, among suburban moms 
who aren't necessarily that political, don't like Joe Biden, but also don't like Donald Trump. The suburban moms are not going to really respond to a person like Nikki Haley because she's um, not for unfettered abortion. Nikki Haley is a fairly conservative politician. So the people out there who are liberal, uh, they're not going to go for her. Now, the question is, what does Nikki Haley do if she loses by 15? I would pack it up if I were her. There's no reason to stay in. She doesn't have a shot. If she can come within five or eight points, she can hang on. But the polling in South Carolina and the endorsements in South Carolina are really against Nikki Haley. She really doesn't have any pathway to beat Trump. She has no pathway to do so. So that's where we are. I think her campaign would counter that Trump didn't have a pathway in 2016 to to win the presidency. And uh, your point, though, is well taken in terms of in terms of Trump's support. The fellow who commented about Mississippi and and Donald Trump's support there. Bill, it is good to see you as always. Thank you. Uh, Looking forward to talking next week uh, with the tape uh, from today. Coming up next in presidential politics, New Hampshire, as we said, last backed a Republican when I was in grade school. May not have even been in grade school at that point. So why did Joe Biden take himself off the primary ballot? How a sitting president became a write-in candidate. On the 23rd, what we doing? Write in Biden. I can't hear you. Write in Biden. I can't hear you. Write in Biden. Oh yeah, here we go. We go write in Biden. Thing is happening on the Democratic side of the New Hampshire primary. There's some signs back here for right in Joe Biden. And President Biden's supporters are worried because he took the Democratic primary away from New Hampshire. He wanted South Carolina to go first, so he's not participating. Dean Phillips, a congressman from Minnesota whose office is on the other side of the street, he's been making some inroads here in New Hampshire. In fact, he has a big ad on air right now. I challenge myself to find President Biden in New Hampshire during this primary season. I thought I was good at hiding. So as you can see, the idea now is some of Biden's supporters, not his campaign, are trying to avoid Phillips winning the primary. Their answer is a campaign out here to write in Joe Biden's name. Of course, all of this would have been avoided if Joe Biden had just left the Democratic primary system the way it was and has been for about 100 years. What do you make of this Joe Biden writing campaign? I think it's absurd. He's the sitting president of the United States of America in the first in the nation primary, and he's not on the ballot. And now there's a massive write-in campaign. Every cabinet member, I think, has come up here. The mayor of Boston's here today, the governor of Massachusetts. Uh, you think it means they're scared? Well, of course. How can you justify this? First of all, how can you justify the president of the United States of America not being on the ballot because of his decision? It's absurd. And furthermore, telling New Hampshire voters that this is meaningless, that actually has the Democratic National Committee using tactics that require a letter from the state of New Hampshire, a cease and desist letter to the Democratic National Committee for the unlawful suppression of voters. That's what's going on here. And it is absurd. And the president is the leader of the Democratic Party. He should be asked these questions. He should opine. And I think it's a real affront to democracy. It is my honor and privilege to introduce the next president of the United States, Congressman Dean hey. 
changed it if Joe Biden's president? Uh, well, one, because he didn't care about New Hampshire, didn't want to come here, and he took our delegates away. Makes you a little angry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't do not take delegates away from New Hampshire. They take it personally here. Alex Thompson, national political reporter at Axios uh, with us. Does this represent the White House feeling embattled from all sides, both from Republicans, but also from within the Democratic Party? Absolutely. Just so they, you know, they can't get a break. Right. And, you know, this decision was made for one reason only. Joe Biden came fifth in New Hampshire four years ago. And they knew that Joe Biden was a little bit vulnerable to a potential primary challenge. So they put South Carolina first. Now, at the time, they said this is about racial representation. This is about putting you know, a more black electorate first. But the truth is that it was if you look at actually the fine language, the South Carolina going first is only a one time thing. How, how scared are, is the White House? We've seen polling with Phillips at 35 percent. Who knows what the turnout model looks like on and on and on. How scared is the White House if Dean Phillips wins here? I don't think there's much worry that I've detected from the Biden team or the White House that Phillips is going to win. I think what you're seeing, and it's been interesting, uh, Senator Maggie Hassan, people close to the White House like Jen Psaki have been sort of, uh, you know, warning that this could be tough. They say writing campaigns are notoriously difficult. I don't think there's any any concern that eventually that Joe Biden is going to win this. The question is, could it be closer than, than they expect. And then, you know, Dean Phillips has not gotten a lot of media attention. MSNBC has not done one interview with Dean Phillips since he got in, into the race. What happens if he does better? And then they, he starts getting more right. and more attention. It makes things more uncomfortable for a president that's already embattled. You and I have talked about his, his difficulty of, of sort of having a full campaign schedule yeah. uh, in, the, in the typical sense of it. I think this is interesting, though. You brought up Maggie Hassan, who's very close to the Biden White House. This was her, Senator of New Hampshire, uh, on, I believe, Meet the Press this Sunday. Take a listen. Regardless of which Republican wins the nomination, whether it is Haley or DeSantis or Trump, um, they are all uh, committed to rolling this country backwards, to undermining democracy. There's a lot of independent voters who understand the, the threat to democracy language about Donald Trump. Whether they agree with it or not, who knows, but they understand it. Makes sense to is there a danger for Democrats in when you label everybody a threat to democracy, Nikki Haley of all people, then nobody's a threat to democracy? That's really interesting. I, I mean, they, they've clearly said and tried to, they want to, part of this is they want to run against Donald Trump no matter who the nominee is. Yeah, right? it would be hard if Nikki Haley beats Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, they're going to label uh, Nikki Haley an extreme MAGA Republican. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there could be a potential, you know, crying wolf scenario. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, Nikki Haley has had some extreme positions, even though she is more moderate on some issues. You no, know, they'll pay to abortion and yeah, exactly. a couple other things. I brought this polling up with Bill O'Reilly. He he questioned the polling. I'm not sure uh, the polling may be different, but certainly the um, the idea is pretty similar. Trump versus Biden. Um, New Hampshire, Biden 51, Trump 45. Nationally, Biden 43, Trump 44. So Trump's up in this Marist poll. Then you look at the polling specific to New Hampshire. Nikki Haley turns New Hampshire red for the first time in 30 years. Is there a feeling at the White House that they'd a lot rather run against Donald Trump than anybody else? Absolutely. And they think that they are going to run against Donald Trump. I, it's, it's funny. I think there are some I know there are some people close to the White House 
that are actually sort of find themselves in the usual situation of rooting for Donald Trump tomorrow night. That basically this general election could start on Wednesday and then you're going to and there is a hope, there is a belief inside the Biden campaign yeah. that their polls are going to start changing. Their grassroots fundraising is going to start changing. All those Democrats that are dissatisfied with Biden are going to come home immediately once Donald Trump's the nominee. It might explain some of the media coverage, too, right, of people saying this is over even after Iowa before it's really over. Sort of this inevitability of Donald Trump, of friends of the White House trying to push that. Alex, good to see you. It'll be, fun, it'll be fun to see out on the trail and state, states near and wide. We'll follow you. We're less than 24 hours from the polls closing here in New Hampshire, less than 12 from the opening. This time tomorrow, eyes will already start shifting to South Carolina, Nikki Haley's home state. A little bit more on exactly that, the media. Why are they so quick to declare this over when we come back? Governor Mace joins South Carolina. Senator Tim Scott as another endorsement by South Carolina's congressional delegation. Trump and Scott will be on stage together just a few minutes from now. South Carolina primary, February 24th, 33 days away. 33 days in which Nikki Haley has to continually fund a campaign that looks like it would not pull out a victory in South Carolina. New Hampshire to be determined. Senior writer at The Dispatch, David Drucker, senior political reporter, at Semaphore, Dave Weigel with us now. Both gentlemen, a uh, few days on the trail here um, in New Hampshire. Dave, first to you. I hate to say it this way, but because we as political reporters love it, but do endorsements even matter anymore? They matter less than they used to. Donald Trump was president. That is the factor that has shaped this primary. He's not moved up because this or that person endorsed him. He's moved up because he's been indicted. That's mattered a lot more. Uh, and Nikki Haley has an emerging argument, uh, emerging over the last 40, 48 hours, I think she'll carry it to South Carolina, which is the fact that she's not endorsed means that she's the anti-establishment candidate. Um, David, Dave pointed this out to us. Uh, the interesting parts of some of these new polls that are coming out about Nikki Haley's support. Joe Rogan listeners in New Hampshire would vote for Nikki Haley 12 percent, Donald Trump 72 percent. CNN viewers in New Hampshire would vote for Nikki Haley 68 percent, Donald Trump 18 percent. It it shows how divided America is. It's a it's a it's a microcosm of that. Does this prove, though, that Republican primary voters or Joe Rogan voters, not just in New Hampshire, but across the country? How is Nikki Haley going to win a Republican primary? Not not here. Put New Hampshire aside. Going further, South Carolina, then into Super Tuesday of California and Virginia and Utah and Tennessee and everywhere else. Yeah, look, I think you, you, you bring up the central challenge of her campaign as well as she has done considering where she started from. Um, she is in the establishment lane, as we like to think of it, even though she's no longer the establishment candidate, that's Donald Trump. And compared to years past, the Republican coalition has flipped on its head. It used to be the populists that were the junior partners in this coalition, and now they are the senior partner, and it's the more... Uh, typical politician, if you will, professional politician, and the suburban voters and, and regulars that support them that are in the junior partner position. And that makes it hard for Nikki Haley going forward. Dave, we look at we look at this breakdown. Um, NPR media listeners, NPR listeners in New Hampshire would vote for Nikki Haley, 63%, Donald Trump, 25%. I would love to listen, know somebody who's an NPR listener um, who's voting for Donald Trump. Uh, feel free to tweet at us. We'd be happy to interview you. Uh, I think about this, though. Is there a danger... To, for Trump of being the inevitable candidate. Is there any feeling on his campaign's part, as much as they want this thing wrapped up, and it helps mm -hmm. him legally, it helps him politically, but nine months is an awfully long time to maintain this kind of energy. Uh, it is. There's going to be 
four or five months of veep stakes of speculation about who picks as a running mate, what Democrats will tell you is they can't wait for him to just wrap the nomination up because they think, I think correctly, that a lot of Americans, maybe the ones who are listening to NPR, they're hearing about other options. They think maybe it's not going to be Donald Trump. Maybe it's not going to be Joe Biden. They want the choice to be frozen for people. No, it is the guy that you voted against 2020, and it is the guy that you voted for in 2020. They want that as soon as possible. I think there is a risk for Trump there. So much, though, has changed, right, David, between... 2020 and today. Just look at important issues to New Hampshire voters, the economy, housing affordability, threats to democracy. At some point, we'll figure out what democracy uh, is defined by. Immigration, 10 percent. Health care, 7 percent. Education, abortion, 6 percent. That easily 50 percent of the issues, economy, housing, affordability and immigration. Uh, the current president, Joe Biden, is way underwater in. Yet, and we've said this over and over, the electability argument doesn't matter a lick to Trump supporters. Well, it doesn't have to matter to Trump supporters because in the polls we've seen over the past almost six months now, Donald Trump is tied or ahead in a lot of them. And by the way, that messed up the argument Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis and others were making. You may like Donald Trump, he's not electable. Now Trump supporters are saying, actually, I get both. I get Trump and he's electable. The challenge for Joe Biden that he didn't have in 2020 is he has an immediate record in office. So even though incumbents have a lot of advantages, where voters could decide what they wanted Biden to be in 2020, knowing they didn't well, want Trump. Well, he was Trump. in his basement. He wasn't even, didn't even have to be out on the trail. Yeah, but, mm -hmm. but that was acceptable because of COVID. Right. And aside from the age issue, they now are going to say, all right, do I approve of the job he's doing? And maybe it wasn't so bad with the other guys. So it changes. Yeah, the devil I know versus the devil I don't. And now it's, now it's a pick between the two devils I know, if, this is, if it ends up as Trump and Biden. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll see you along the way. Uh, from here to Chicago, to Milwaukee, uh, to the swing states. Morning in America, tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern, Marky Martin, sitting down with former presidential candidates to talk all things New Hampshire, Huckabee, Pawlenty, Walker, all fellows who know a little bit about the Granite State. We'll come back after all the visits to diners, after all the rallies, all the meet and greets, all the time at hockey games, why the media might be making the very same mistake they did in 2016. This is my promise to you. If you join with me on this, I promise you, our best days are yet to come. God bless you. Thank you so much. So we're going to do this. Get out tomorrow. Take five friends with you. If you do that, Chris says he's bringing good weather. We'll have a great day in New Hampshire. God bless you. Thank you so much. Nikki Haley, a few minutes ago at T-Bone's Eatery in Concord, New Hampshire. If you go, the crispy chicken salad is delicious. We had one. You could hear her final push to primary voters. The media is excited, too. Nothing excites America's media like a viable challenger to Donald Trump. To be fair, we've gone through an awful lot of them. Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, it's a longer list. We just didn't have a big enough graphic. Now it is time to the voters to decide if Nikki Haley joins those ranks. Opinion and editorial writer for the Boston Globe, Kareen Hajar, joins us. Nice to see you. I, this is what I think is a fascinating poll. Globe Suffolk polling, Haley 49 to Trump 41 with independence. The last time there was a major upset among Republicans in New Hampshire, it is when John McCain beat George W. Bush in 2000. McCain at the time, 61 to 19 with independence. That would tell us that the media hype around Nikki Haley and the love affair uh, is misplaced. 
Right. I think she does have an uphill battle there. Uh, I think Haley and more. I talk a lot to Sununu if I can find him on the trail, and, and he's certainly been active in the last few days. He said that the day before his election, he was 11 percent behind in the polls, and so he's hoping for the same swing for Haley. Uh, certainly it happened in 2000 for McCain, but like you pointed out, uh, it just it doesn't seem like there's the same amount of energy around this campaign. Uh, she's able to convince undecided voters if they happen to be at that diner. Uh, but it's a question of those undecided voters who are so fatigued with politics right now, turning turning out to these places to be convinced. Um, and, and she's struggling there. Yeah. And look, you, you've got two sort of scenarios and I can't quite figure it out. Uh, lifelong Northeasterner that you are, Chris Steyerwald, who spent months in New Hampshire during each primary season, both say the same thing. They don't see the enthusiasm. And then you hear from the Secretary of State of New Hampshire who says 322,000 for turnout is his estimate. Could go higher. Nikki Haley's people say it's going to be higher. All those numbers help Nikki Haley. Certainly, yeah. I think independents, a lot of them are convinced by her. Everyone that has been unconvinced that I've met at these Yeah, anybody who goes to the rallies. Yeah. What is it, though, about the media, and I, and I kind of wonder just from the, the media side, is that have they not been able to learn over time, right, that every time they go all in on a candidate to beat Donald Trump, because we know how they feel about Donald Trump, uh, it doesn't work out? I think they're hoping for some type of 2016 polling error just the other way. Um, and that's what the Haley people are hoping for, too. Uh, Sununu thinks that uh, the polls have overestimated Trump to correct for 2016. We'll have to see if, if that's true. Um, certainly the media is rooting for it and they're rooting for it, but it's unclear right now. Not a lot of pictures of uh, Trump's rally. This is about an hour north of where we are. So that is definitive Trump country. I think you make a great point, though. Does the polls underestimate suburban moms, for lack of a better description, right. uh, in the same way the polls underestimated in 2016, working class union voters who were first time voters. Right. I mean, the suburban moms that have showed up to Haley events are extremely enthusiastic. Yeah. Again, it's a question of how many of them are going to turn up. People are so sick of politics. That's the one thing that everyone across every political ideology that I've met has said. So I think that well, we have we end the show on agreement. How about that? <laughs> yeah. It was great talking to you. Thank Thanks you very much. On. We'll all be watching the results tomorrow. Your chance right now to sign up for War Notes comes out at 4 p.m. every day. Warnotes.com and you subscribe for free. It gives you our first look at the most important stories of the day. Tomorrow we will have our guide to watching the New Hampshire primary. Our coverage starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'll see you there with my good friends Elizabeth, Dan, and Chris Cuomo, who picks up our coverage right now from New York. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Cuomo. It's Monday. We're live. So what do you say? Let's get after it. Tomorrow is the live free or die state's primary New Hampshire. How are they feeling? Do they have that sense of urgency? Or is this the end of the road for Nikki Haley? Is the GOP's primary base in that state, although it could have influence from independents and the left will take you through that, are they open to anyone but Trump? And is there anything to this notion that Haley will get Governor Ron Dion de 